Good morning. God bless you. Another podcast day. Hey, I sure love you. Thank God for you. I'm believing with you too. Don't forget that. It's very important you have someone believing for you and with you. And, and if I'm believing for you and with you, you better be praying too so I can attach my faith uh, with you. Amen. We're living in some crazy times, some dark days, that's for sure. But that's not the end of the story. You know, we hear a lot of preachers, a lot of pastors, including myself, uh, talking about the, the hour in which we're living, but we can't leave it there. We got to understand that there's more to that story. And, and it may be, and we may, I, don't, I can't say may anymore, we are seeing signs of the times. Uh, we, you would have to be blind not to see uh, Satan and the activ- demonic activity in our world today. Uh, however, you cannot discount the work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary because in that work, he's given us the victory and we got a way out. We got an answer for it. Amen. So no matter how dark it gets, uh, we have the answer. And our answer, the believer's answer, is in Christ Jesus. When all, excuse me for the, the language, when all hell uh, breaks loose, uh, we're not going to be here. A lot of people are going to be left behind, but the believing believer is going to get caught up in the heavenlies, the Bible says. So I want to get into this. I want to give you a little information, biblical information today. I want to encourage you not to quit. I want to encourage you, and I want to speak to you today about overcoming the attacks of, of Satan, overcoming demonic influence. I think it's very important today that we understand that. A lot of people say, why are you, why are you always you know, teaching about demons, demonic influence? Well, that's the opposition. Um, if the majority of believers were acting and operating uh, in faith like they should be, we wouldn't have to deal uh, with, with the, the, you know, these forces of evil uh, that are opposing us, but it appears like the majority of believers, at least that I'm around, and I'm around a lot, not just here at New Way Church, but I, I'm around a lot of people uh, in America, and I talk to people outside of America internationally, and uh, the census is about the same. Uh, the majority of the believing body of Christ kind of is like refusing to see the demons and their influence in society today. So I want to talk to you just in these next few minutes, give you a little, I don't know, I'll take you to school this morning, uh, just take you to school con- concerning demonic influence, you know, how they try to influence, what's God say about it? Like, like, forget about what I say, but what's God say about it? And I want to get our text today in 1 Thessalonians, if you can turn there, if you have your Bible with me, um, some do, some don't, but I want to get into 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and I want to read 4 through 8. Now, the caption or, or the, the, uh, um, the statement of these passage of scriptures in the Bible says what Christians must do in view of the day of the Lord's return. Uh, so that would, that would point towards us. And, and there gives us uh, you know, pinpoint, with pinpoint accuracy, what should we be doing today? You know, how, how should I act today? And, and Paul was very clear dealing with the church in Thessalonica, but this is prophetic. Any time a, a portion of Scripture uh, doesn't w- within itself uh, have a finished date or, or an accomplishment, it means it, it's prophecy and it points to not only the day, but the day beyond, the day beyond, the day beyond until it's complete. So the completion of this prophecy would be in the rapture for us. When we're raptured, uh, when we meet Jesus in the air, this prophecy will have been fulfilled. But this is pointing toward that day. So in, in the verse 4 it says, uh, the day of the Lord 
uh, to overtake Christians as a thief, starting at verse 4. But ye, brethren, are not in darkness, that the day should not overtake you as a thief. So let's first start off there. Yes, there's darkness all around us. Yes, the day is dark. We can see other scriptures that points to and talks about the last day, and talks about the dark day, talks about the evil day. Uh, how do we judge it? How, you know, how do we know we're here? How do we know, like, uh, I was around in the 80s. They thought it was a dark day. Well, now living in 2023, uh, the 80s were like, you know, sunshine and cupcakes uh, concerning the present day in which we're living. Um, so uh, we can see today that it almost like Jesus says that these are, are, are the days of, and it points back to um, uh, Noah uh, and building the ark and the evil there and Lot and, and Sodom and Gomorrah. These days will be likened to those days. Well, I'm telling you right now, we're not far off from Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, we're not far off. And, and once again, I don't want to charge you up you know, too early in the morning, but we're not far off from ungodly people knocking down doors. Uh, we're not far off from ungodly people kicking in doorways. They've already kicked in the doorways of the school. Uh, confused human beings who don't even know what or who they are. We know who they are because God gave them telltale signs and anatomy. Uh, to tell you who you are. It's not real difficult, but they don't even know who they are, and they have gained access to the majority of the schools in America, and, and now they are corresponding with your children, and they now are conveying an evil, ungodly Sodom and Gomorrah Day message to your babies. Tell me uh, that's not a, a prophetic, you know, we can see that prophecy being fulfilled even right now. So here it says, uh, that you, you're not overtaken like a thief. In the dark day, we're not overtaken. I like to say it like this. Uh, the darker it gets, the brighter my light appears. Now, my light's been turned up. Your light should be turned up to 100%. But darkness helps the light. Dark, dark, <laughs> darkness never hurts the light. If Satan wanted to hurt us, all he would have to do is remove darkness, and it would appear that our light would, be, would go dim. But that's not what's happening. It's contrast or contrary to that opinion. As Satan, as the day becomes darker, according to prophecy, remember this in the Gospels, that, that the entryway to heaven is narrow. Narrow is the path that leads to righteousness. Few go that way. But then it talks about the way to destruction is broad, and many travel that path. Uh, so we, we know all these things, but to me, to you, you ought to just say this out loud right now. Uh, darkness is not going to have an effect on me. Uh, darkness is not going to overtake me like a thief. I know what's going on. I'm prepared for what's happening. I'm pre prepared for what's coming, even darker days, but I'm also prepared for Jesus when he calls me, and I'm going to meet him in the sky. Amen. That's good news. So it goes on a little further. It says, are you a children of light? And, and the children of the day, we are not of the night nor of darkness. I'm not a child of darkness. You're not a child of darkness. If you're a believing, if you just receive Jesus in name only to try to get entry into heaven, but you never have given Jesus uh, the position to be Lord of your life, that means you've not submitted your life to him. Uh, you you are, may think you're a child of light, but it's not until you say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm going to give you my life in exchange for your life. Now, that on, on behalf of Jesus, that's probably the most lopsided 
uh, exchange ever in history, ever recorded in history. That's the worst deal uh, on planet Earth. Uh, Jesus' perfection, his life, he who knew no sin became sin for us. And he exchanged his sinless life for our filthy rags. That's a no-brainer if you're listening to me today. So don't only call on him as Jesus, as the Messiah, but you got to call on him as Lord, and you got to give him, uh, allow him to be Lord or lordship over uh, your life. Amen. And then you're a child of light. Now it says, therefore, this is where Christians must be uh, doing according to the Scripture in the view of this, these last days. Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. This is not talking about uh, drunken sober, because as a believer, you shouldn't be drunk anyway. You shouldn't be drinking anything except for, you know, non-alcoholic stuff. But he's talking about sober uh, to the times, to the hour in which we're in. A lot of people aren't sober to it. Uh, A lot of people, and I just got to get in your mess about this, a lot of people have reduced the, the principles of Christianity, a lot of so-called believing believers have reduced the principles of Christianity, and principles of Christianity are, are what make Christians Christians. Like, like you, can't, you can't live without these principles in your life and be a Christian. And some of the principles are just day-to-day operations of Christianity. Like, like you should pray every day. That's, that should not be far-fetched. You should make time for Jesus daily. You should make time to study your Bible daily. You should, you understand that you get a, a, so many Wednesdays, so many Sundays a, mo- a, a month and a year. Uh, you have right now you possess your calendar for 2024. You could take your pen and you could write through every Sunday and every Wednesday on 2024. I know maybe one or two, but it's not like one or two in the body of Christ anymore. It's like 50%. It's like 50% come up with excuses why I don't have to attend church. Well, it's not that you have to, but remember God likens his church, his assembly to a feast we're all come to him to see, to visit one another. It's like a wedding feast every Sunday and every Wednesday. We come together. We celebrate our God. We, we talk testimonies. We learn more about our God. We cheer. We worship. We praise. But, but a lot of people are drunk in the day. Oh, I'm preaching real pretty good now. I, I know this isn't your normal podcast where I tell you everything's going to be all right. You're going to go higher. If you listen, you will. But you got to do some, you got to make some changes in your life. A lot of people are, are drunk or intoxicated on the present day, uh, on the, the, the worldliness or, or the things that the world has deemed to be natural or normal. Well, let me help you. You're not natural. You're not normal. You got a natural body, but you're an alien to this world. You're just passing through. This isn't your home. So we weren't sent here. Uh, when you got born again, uh, you should, your mindset should change. Romans 12, one said one and two tell us to transform or change the way we think. Jesus message was repent. Once again, repent is not cry at the altar. Boo hoo. Repent is to examine your life and see there's something in my life. I have to change or change the way I think I have to leave one way of thinking and turn and begin to think another way. That's the word repent and, and on and on it goes. But you cannot be intoxicated and think that because you think it's a valid excuse that God thinks it's a valid excuse. Now, it's called deception. Uh, when you think something's okay, but it's contrary to the word of God, 
the word of God's not wrong, you're deceived. Uh, you're an error, not God. Amen. So we got to bring some correction. That's that soberness that Paul said, the day's going to get dark. You're children of light. You should be squared away. Or maybe he was saying, I shouldn't be, I, I should not uh, have to be preaching this message to you. You should be beyond this. But obviously some weren't, and we're still in that same opinion. Uh, some still need this teaching and preaching, get sober. Uh, just think about this. If God said, I'm coming back uh, on, let's just say, October the 1st. I don't know what day that is, but let's just say Sunday, the first week of Sunday. I'm coming back, and, and you got to get these things right. Uh, I would hope to say that 100% of believers would get all these things corrected in, in the sight of his coming. But I, I, I'm probably still sure that most would procrastinate in a false hope and think there's another day. Well, let me help you. When the, the trumpet blows, the horns of heaven blow, there's no more days. So that, that's not the time to correct yourself. The time to correct yourself is now. Amen. Now, I want to talk, told you I want to talk to you about demon influence because what does this have to do with it? Well, I want to talk to you, a demon is a spirit. All right, there, there's angels and there's demons. Demons are still angels. They've just gone from angels of light to angels of darkness. Uh, angels have specific assignments. The angels of darkness still have specific assignments. That doesn't mean they have assignments from God, but they have the same abilities that God created them uh, in or within them, the same abilities. But now those same abilities are reflected with darkness or in darkness. So let's say if they're a messenger angel of light, they now have the same ability to message or to be a messenger, but just now their message is darkness. If they're a, a, an angel of influence, we see in Hebrews that all are ministering spirits. Uh, the word minister means uh, servant spirits. Uh, they're, they're here to aid the human race. But if they're now under the, the, the rule of Satan, uh, they can still serve, but they serve a different message. They're, they're still aids to, but what they're giving is not heavenly aid, it's unheavenly aid. But they still have a way, they still have the ability uh, to communicate with our spirit. They still have a way to communicate with a human being. Now, that's where deception comes in. That's how Satan deceives. He, he uses the natural thing, the seen thing, but that's not the only thing he uses. He can persuade uh, more in, in the void of space. He persuades, in Ephesians 2.2, 2, calls him the prince of the air. Uh, you can go into Ephesians, I believe, 5 and 12. It deals about uh, power, principalities, and power once again of the air. So of the airwaves, he deals in airwaves or he deals in the, in the invisible void of space around you. So to think that uh, you cannot be influenced because the blood of Jesus is an incorrect statement. Now, you cannot be possessed and you can overcome the influence because the blood of Jesus. But, but just understand this, Satan is pressing constantly and continually. Now, I've recognized this. I got Dylan and Eric in here with me. Uh, and Eric, you've been around for forever. Dylan, you've been with me for 16, almost 17 years now. But uh, uh, every time I say Satan demons, we think of evil. We think of like, you know, he's going to use perversion. He's going to use, you know, murder. He's going to use drugs and he's going to use cocaine. We think the worst. But it almost uh, seems like Satan ha is using the lighter things 
first. It's like if Satan can get you to think it's okay, uh, you know, to not do your Christianly duties. You know, if Satan can just deceive you into, uh, you know, uh, you know, or, or plan a thought, you know, pastors just, uh, he's got to be that way because he's the pastor. That's his full-time job. He's got to like church. He's got to want church service, you know, because if he doesn't have church service, it upsets him. Well, yes and no, I'm going to do it either way. But uh, maybe, just maybe, Satan is deceiving you or pressing you that, doing the things of God that we should be doing and that should be delightful to us. <laughs> like for me, uh, all right, let me help you. Go study hell for about, I don't know, a month. Just go find every scripture, get the Strong's Concordance, go find every commentary concerning the biblical teaching of hell, and then go study salvation. And understand this, that in the work on the cross, Jesus suffered that hellish death, that hellish life to overcome it for you, and you're not going to hell anymore. So if that's all that Jesus did for us, we should do every A, B, C, all the way to the end. We should cross every T, we should dot every I, and it should be delightful to us. The things of God should not be burdensome when you realize what took place on the cross of Calvary. Our family should not be first when you realize what happened on the cross of Calvary. Our children should not, our spouses should not, our businesses should not. No excuse is greater than the work that Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. And it's time to sober up. I tell you what, when you go into the judgment day, now you'll be judged saved or unsaved, but then you're going to be judged for actions and decisions. Could you imagine trying to explain to the Messiah the one that suffered this horrific event. We don't have words in our English or any language on the planet of what he went through. But then to, to try to sit there in front of heaven, uh, you know, God, the Father, Son, you know, I don't know who else is going to be there, but to try to explain to Jesus how anything was more important or was greater than what he went through for you. Could you just imagine? Well, you Jesus, you don't understand. It was the only day the sun was out. I really liked the beach, and I know you suffered for me. But I mean, I I could go suffer with you on next Sunday, Jesus. Could you imagine trying to explain this? No, there, there's nothing. And as the day gets darker, more so as children of light, should we flock to the things of light? Uh, we we I uh, my friend Pastor Brian Hallam. Uh, we preached to each other. I got so many friends that preach, but uh, we've been talking about since the beginning of the year that th- this season just seems like a violent season. Now, I'm not talking about violent for evil. I'm talking about for, for the believer. And, and then another conversation, I said, it's like we're in a striking season. You know, you strike when the iron's hot. The, the iron's hot, so to speak, and it's time for us to strike or to be violent. And it seems like a lot of Christians aren't 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 uh, registering or aren't you know reading the prophetic day real well. Uh, this is a day not to release or to 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 let go or to transgress. This is not a, a season uh, to to let off. This is a season to go. We're we're in a season now to press the gas, to go forward, to be more radical than ever before. Let me give you a few more scripts. We're running out of time. I hope I'm helping somebody. Bring a little correction, but I'm bringing light as well. So if demons 
uh, can communicate, can influence is the word. Uh, influence is a greater word than communicate because if I say communicate, you think verbally. But if I say influence, now you can be influenced uh, by by the sight realm, the hearing realm, the taste realm, you know, the sense realm, sense realm. Sense realm is not sight and taste. That's the sight realm, taste realm, hearing's hearing, sense realm. Uh, there's invisible, there's an invisible sense realm that Satan, or, or as I've taught and am teaching, atmospheres uh, that Satan knows how to operate within. And if he can get you within a certain atmosphere, he can begin to influence you beyond what you're presently seeing. Just like the things of God are invisible, they still have value. Uh, you know, just like faith is invisible, according to the scripture, and as believers, we know there's substance. Well, just like Satan can influence you in the invisible realm, you cannot say there's no substance to it. If you're influenced, the substance will come by way of the influence. So you have to be very careful what you allow in. I'm talking about uh, to the point of of being, uh, I don't want to say religious because I hate religion, but I don't want to say the other word that we we talk about to be really tense and really, yeah, that word, but you got to be really tense and you got to be really sharp concerning the day we live. Now, I want to give you another scripture. I love scripture in James 4, 7. Uh, Turn there with me if you have your Bibles. If not, you can listen to me. Uh, now, Now, this isn't a doom and gloom. This isn't you get mad. This isn't pastor checked your record. And, and pastor's fishing for somebody. No, this is the message that God gave me this morning uh, to tell you on the podcast. But here in verse 7, 4, 7, James, submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God uh, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Now, the first part is what I really want to get is submit yourself to God and resist the, the 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 ministry of resistance is, is a great ministry. Once again, it's a radical ministry. It's a violent ministry. If I were, if if Dylan or Eric uh, were to, uh, they say, hey, you know, we like your watch. We like, you know, I don't know, a necklace. Say I'm wearing a necklace. And they come and try to take it. Uh, me doing nothing uh, would be easy prey. But in resistance, now I'm putting up a fight and the Bible says if you resist the devil, that doesn't mean you have to win because the battle's been won. It just means you got to act according to the scripture and start resisting. I think this, uh, in resistance, the word of God uh, comes into play or engages with our resistance. Heavenly help comes. The voice of God begins to resound, and these demon spirits flee from us because they've already been defeated. Maybe they're reminded of their defeat than the spirit realm. Maybe they're reminded of their future, but the Bible doesn't say defeat Satan. He's already been defeated. It says uh, begin to put up a fight. Uh, you, know, you resisting is an action of faith. Uh, your resistance is engaging in faith. I wish I had more time to teach on that. Maybe I will next week. But as I resist, I engage in faith, and faith, the Bible says, overcomes uh, the world or the demons of the world. In First John, uh, that's the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. That's what the Bible says. So resist when you understand something, anything that's trying to pull you away from the principles of God, anything. 
Uh, you resist it. Anything that's trying to keep you away from God, the house of God, reading God's word, praying to God, worshiping God, uh, manipulating your attitude because a wrong attitude will eventually draw a wedge between you and God, an ungodly attitude. You have to resist it, and then God will come to your aid, and he'll help you get free, or uh, he'll demand Satan leave you, and he will. And then he goes a little further, and he says, you know, draw nigh to God, he'll draw nigh to you. Clean your hands. Clean your hands. Uh, they might not be dirty or filthy the way you think they are in, in evil sin, but you can get, uh, you know, like I today I went and looked at a property, and it wasn't muddy or mucky or anything like that, uh, but I got my pants got dirty uh, just by things that weren't really filthy, but there's still a stain on me that I got to deal with now. Well, you can have dirty hands, not by like cocaine and, and hard alcohol and, you know, X-rated films and all that. No, you can get dirty other ways. So um, maybe, and I don't want to stay on this too long, maybe your hands are getting a little dirt on them because you won't read the Bible. Maybe your hands are getting a little dirty because you won't pray to God. Maybe your hands are getting dirty because you refuse to come to church. Uh, maybe you you become a professional excuse maker. Like I, I like this. Uh, I, I like when some of you uh, disappear, and you know it's not a good reason, so you don't even tell me. But then when I check on you because I love you, it's almost like it's no big deal. But I can hear it in your voice. You know your hands are dirty. Well, clean your hands. And when you figure out what's causing the filth or the dirt, don't do it anymore. Like for me, I hate when underneath my fingernails get dirty because it takes me. I get my pocket knife out. I know I'm, I'm stretching here. I'm out of time. But I hate when my, my fingernails get dirty because uh, it takes me long to clean them. Well, I've figured what makes my fingernails dirty. Uh, so I, I don't do that action. And if I do, I prepare and I put a glove on so my fingernails don't get dirty anymore. Well, we can do the same thing in the spirit realm. We can figure out what's causing our hands to get dirty. We can figure out what's pressing around us. Uh, we can figure out what's ungodly. We can remove that element, press in towards God, and be clean. That's the hour we live in. I, I, I can give you a million feel-good, happy messages, but if you're living right, that message feels good. If you're not living right, get catch up, and this will feel good to you too. But I got to warn you, I got to prepare the body of Christ. Jesus is coming. It's going to be a great day for us. Hey, you know, I wrote, I write the sketch down some little things. I wrote real simple. Jesus equals souls. Souls equal victory. Come on, let's go after some souls. Let's bring them with us to Jesus. Amen. I love you. I'm out of time. I hope this helped you. Make sure you subscribe, you know, like, comment, uh, get word back to us. If you need any kind of prayer, uh, call us, text us, email us so that we can pray for you. Until next time, I sure love you. God bless you.